Good morning. Uh, scripture reading from today is from Mark, chapter 10, verses 35-45. Page 716 from the Pew Bibles. Then James and John, the son of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I, I, I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for, for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, Lord, eat over them, and them high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of the Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Juan just read a passage, which I think has got to be one of the... Um, one of those places in Scripture that is in direct contrast to the entire orientation and direction of our culture. Wouldn't you agree? Like, it's an amazing thing to have apostles of the Lord want to have a place next to Jesus in the heavens. And then for Jesus to say, absolutely rightly, no, 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 no. This is not for you. And to say, in fact, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Now, as it turns out, you know, we have a lot of people in our church who do an awful lot of service. You probably recognize that. But just in case you don't, some service rendered among us. Jason coordinates our Sunday morning service needs. I don't know if you know that, but every week he coordinates the servers, the people who are going to be here at the Lord's table, the reader, that kind of thing. He's probably called many of you and talked to you about that very thing. He's the one who coordinates that. In fact, if you're thinking, I'd love to have a role there, Jason would accept your name as somebody who would like to help you have a role in that way. Calvin, who normally sits up here, not here this morning, folds our bulletins every Friday morning. Every Friday morning, Calvin comes by taxi to here to the building, comes in and folds and stuffs our bulletins every week. Several teach our, or help in our Bible school, and I've listed some names there, Lynn, Linda, Brenda, Tyra, Robin, Darcy, Jody, Heather, Alejandrina, Andrea, Fiona, Carly, and Carla. 
And it's very possible that I've missed a name. You know how it is whenever you prepare a list like this, you're going to accidentally leave somebody out and there's a chance that they're going to be offended and you don't want to offend anybody. And least of all, somebody who teaches our children the Bible on Sunday mornings. But it's possible I've missed one of you, and if I have, please accept my apologies. But these people, and whoever I may have missed, are fine servants of the Lord and consistently give their time in that way. Each week, Jody facilitates our youth worship. Can you imagine every week doing that? She does it every single week. Sometimes she misses, I agree. Sometimes we'll give her a break like we did last week. But most of the time, Jody does that and praise the Lord that she does. Larry and Joanne coordinate our benevolence. We have a huge outreach to the people in our community. We give away lots of food. We help financially in various ways. And Larry and Joanne coordinate all of that all the time. Larry and Joanne are coming down. Joanne will pull up her car like she did this week and unload a whole trunk load of food that she carries in and puts in the pantry back here. Praise the Lord that she does that. John and Brenda and Darcy and Hope help coordinate our life groups. And it's, a, it's a, an almost endless job of continuing to make sure that our life groups are functioning the way they should. Chelsea, Everett, Becky, Glenn, Dana, Bethany, Haiti, and Megan work with our teens as our, our youth workers. And uh, every Friday night, they're down here at the building from 6.30 to 8.30 working with our teenagers. Judy leads our women's ministry, and they do the, not only the classes and uh, the Sunday morning meeting that they have, but also the, the women's retreat that takes place. Ken and Brian teach a class in here on Sunday morning. They also lead our, our men's ministry in different small groups during, you know, during the week and that are ongoing all the time and have our uh, annual men's retreat that takes place. Chris and Glenn lead our audiovisual ministry, and uh, there's a team that helps them each week do all of that, working the computer and working the sound system. Bruce, as you know, opens and closes our building each week. Uh, he's here lots of times to do that. Anytime that a group says they want to use our building, Saturday, Monday night, whenever it is, if I call Bruce and say, Bruce, can you be at the building at 11 o'clock on Saturday to help open it for such and such a group, Bruce always says yes, and I'm so appreciative of the work that he does in that way. Darlene coordinates our several greeters, and many of you are greeters. I noticed there were greeters at the doors this morning, and Darlene has to coordinate all that. I'm glad that she does. Larry and Joanne coordinate our benevolence, including our food pantry and clothing exchange. Um, I may have already had that one in there which means that the preacher is not perfect, which you all knew, and I just wanted to confirm it. Larry heads up operations, uh, leading Bruce and Jack and Steve, who also serve with him in that area. And therefore, we have lights that are turned on and a brand new roof, and the building gets cleaned and new things get constructed. And, uh, you know, we had some leaks back here for a while, but there's all kinds of work going on trying to fix uh, the walls after they were wet. And uh, so somebody has to coordinate all that, and they do that kind of thing. Andy coordinates our Super Sundays. We've already mentioned that there's a Super Sunday today, and you're all welcome to come down and have a meal if you're a guest with us. We'd love to have you do that. Andy coordinates that ministry, and I'm grateful that he does. Megan and Fiona coordinate the Fireside Cafe, which is a blessing to so many of you on Sunday mornings. I'm not a coffee drinker. I have never gotten into it. Don't understand it, but I, I understand that for some of you, it's the most important thing in life, and so I'm glad that you can be ministered to by them. Fiona coordinates the nursery as well, and of course that gives opportunity for some of our young mothers to be in here, uh, and for kids to start learning very early things like uh, the Bible and the Bible stories. Several, several of our teens supervise the nursery each week along with Fiona, and I'm grateful that they're involved with that. Ernie coordinates the preparing the Lord's Supper. Uh, Bruce has been helping him with that some lately, especially after... Uh, Ernie's recent health concerns, and so we're grateful that that happens every Sunday morning. Bud, Ernie, and Larry serve as our ushers. 
They're always handing out bulletins, helping people uh, to sit in certain places and just uh, keep everything running smoothly on Sunday mornings. Greg and Larry have done uh, Stampede Breakfast now for years and years. Several lead life groups listed on the back of the bulletin, or they host our life groups. And so there's many in here who are involved with that ministry. Carrie and Chelsea lead Moms and Tots, which takes place every Wednesday morning here at the building at 1030. And there's uh, ladies from the community who come and are involved with that. Peter and Chelsea coordinate our teen and our young adult ministries, as uh, you know. And that's a, a full-time job, and therefore we've hired someone to do that. And I'm grateful that they can do that. Several adults lead Bible study groups or Sunday morning classes. And we've got classes going on all over the place on Sunday mornings and, uh, and during the week as well. And, and people are having to lead those. I'm grateful that they do. Barb Zorn coordinates our kitchen, makes sure that it's stocked and has everything that we need. Margaret Cole serves in the area of building upkeep. And the fact is we pay Margaret for that, and I'm grateful that she uh, is able to be remunerated for that. But it's a thankless task. And uh, she works beyond what she gets paid for and takes it seriously as a ministry of the Lord as well. So I'm grateful Margaret has a chance to do that for us. Our elders shepherd our flock with several also doing deacon-like tasks, and so you can find our elders doing a lot more than just the spiritual things many times. Curtis and several others lead worship each Sunday morning, and uh, the team that does this, uh, praise God that they do what they do and that God has gifted them. Mike Muirhead has been caring for our lawn for years now. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot to do in the middle of February, but when you get to the middle of July, it's a different story. And so I'm grateful that Mike uh, participates in that ministry. Our ladies coordinate teas and showers. There's one going on today. Somebody had to plan that, and they have. And so I'm grateful that people are ministering in that way. We have a team led by Ron Bailey that coordinates our Beyond Calgary missions efforts. And we've got missionaries all over the world that are serving and... Uh, Ron coordinates that. I'm grateful again that he does that. Hope heads up our Vacation Bible School and works with a large team of volunteers to get that done every summer. Ed and Karina coordinate our Friday night fun nights for grades 4 through 6. Uh, I think the next one is March 8th. And so, what's that? March 11th. Thank you very much. It's March 11th. And so, uh, I'm grateful that they're involved in, in taking those younger kids and getting them involved in things. Chris Bailey serves as our administrative assistant, which, again, she's remunerated for that, and yet... It goes so much beyond what she's remunerated for and uh, all the times in which she has to serve beyond what we would think of as normal working hours. And so a lot of that is, in fact, volunteer. Miles puts our podcasts on the website. Uh, we have many who help with special events like John Casella, who, of course, helped coordinate this year the Christmas Eve service. Peter coordinates our mission efforts, mission team efforts, and several of our members are currently preparing to go to Estonia this summer. We got teens, youth leaders, youth adults who are all helping Peter and Chelsea with their ministry. Others volunteer for short-term mission efforts like Gary and Barb and David and Shirley. And I don't know if you even know that they do that, but they do. And so every Christmas time, Barb and Gary and David and Shirley go down to Mexico and uh, do some work there, uh, constructing for those who are in need. And then we have all of us. 20% of our families give 75% of our contribution, but all of us have a role in uh, giving financially to the church, and there's a service that's involved even in something like financial giving. Now, all of that takes place, and praise the Lord that it does. God blesses us richly. He also gives us other opportunities for service. And so this morning, one of the things that I wanted to do in reading this passage that specifically talks about Jesus and, and saying he came to serve and not to be served, and we certainly are here also for service. I just wanted to mention a couple of areas where service is actually needed. One is, 
we need those willing to care for the yard during the upcoming growing season. Mike has been doing that for years. He just was told by a doctor that he has developed an allergy to grasses. And so for Mike to be participating in mowing our grass when he is allergic to grasses is not going to work. And so here we find ourselves with a need. It may be that you, as of yet, are not involved in a specific area of service and you think to yourself, I can sit on a riding tractor and mow that lawn once a week or I can ask somebody else to do that with me then there's a service opportunity. And I would love to have you give me an email this week or call me and say, hey, I'd like to participate when the time comes to, uh, in mowing the lawn, okay? Some of you are going to have some time and are able to do that. Love to have you serve in that way. Jesus calls us to serve. You might as well get involved in that way. Another way we need service is we need Bible school teachers to fit into a rotation with our current teachers. We have wonderful servants who teach all the time. So they start in September and they finish in May or sometimes June. And it would be great if there were people who could get enrolled in that rotation so that those teachers weren't serving for that long of a period. And there's every good reason for you to be involved in that. Children need to learn the Bible. And you have a chance to train them and teach them. A very fulfilling role for you is waiting if you're willing to serve in that way. So these are some areas in which we need some service. And then, here are some of what I would call high-priority service needed. And the reason I say high-priority is because of the priority these are within the kingdom of God. We need a high percentage of people to build relationships with the unchurched, serving them where needed. We need a high percentage of people to build relationships with the unchurched, serving them where needed. The fact is, You know people with needs. You do. You know people who hurt in various ways. You know people who have maybe physical needs that we as the church or you yourself personally could work to meet. People struggle with various things in life and you have an opportunity to minister to those people. So when Jesus says in Mark 10, 45, that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, you have a chance not to just participate in something like mowing the lawn. That's wonderful that we have someone who will do that. But we also have chances to lay down our lives on behalf of other people like Jesus laid down his life as part of our Christian service. I want you to look at Mark chapter 8, verse 31 real quick. Just flip over a couple of chapters if your Bible's still open and look at Mark chapter 8, verse 31. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and then he must be killed and after three days rise again. What that says to me is that Jesus, when he thought of what it meant to serve, recognized that service to his Lord, to his Father, meant for him incredible sacrifice. And I think that there's a call 
in that passage and in the ministry of Jesus for us also to make sacrifices on behalf of others. Now flip over to chapter 9, verse 31. The text says at the end of that verse or in the middle of that verse, he said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him and after three days he will arise. Jesus is recognizing the role he's going to have to play as one who's going to be killed for the kingdom of God. Then looking over at chapter 10, verse 32 It says, they were on their way to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished. While those who followed were afraid, again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. Three days later he will rise. Now what comes immediately after that? Immediately after those passages in 831, 931, and 1032, where Jesus has three times said, my role in service is to be killed on behalf of the ministry of my Father, right after that, in Mark 1035, in our verse today, John and James are wanting to have a seat next to him in heaven. Now, I understand why they said, I'd like to sit next to you in heaven, because he's talking about how he's going to have to die and be raised again. That I get. But I'm not sure they got the point. And when I think about how we need a high percentage of people to build relationships with the unchurched, serving them where needed, I recognize that that's a challenge. I don't think that that's easily done. When our elders suggest that our mission is to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time, and that the one person at a time means each of us talking to people individually so that one person at a time means us ministering to one person at a time, I don't think that's easy. I think there's a challenge there. In fact, I think most of you would agree with me that, that is, it's a challenging thing to do, to put ourselves on the line like that, risking many times relationship in the course of saying to someone, there's a need here for you to know Jesus. I think that's a challenge to us. But what's clear to me is that if Jesus is called by God to give his life as a ransom for many, to say four times in three chapters that he's going to have to die, that that's the kind of ministry to which God has called him, that it sounds to me like even if there is a challenge there, something that makes us a bit uncomfortable, that God is hoping, wanting, calling us to minister in that way. And so is it a challenge? It is indeed a challenge. Is it risky? It's risky. Is that hard for us to do? Yes. There are so many other things that draw our attention away. But it still seems to me like the gospel is calling us to that. We need a high percentage of people leading life groups and building relationships with others through life groups. 
Now, there's some of you I recognize who think to yourselves, I'm not really interested. My impression is, though, that God wants to use this means of us spreading the gospel in our world. That he wants to use this for the advancement of his kingdom. And so there's a bit of a sacrifice. You know, I, I may have to reorient my priorities. I may have to change my schedule. I may have to be involved in something one night a week when, well, that was my one night to do whatever. And so there might well be a challenge or a a sacrifice that needs to be made in order to make that happen. But again, it seems to me like if we're called to the kind of service that Jesus was called to, that giving up something for the good of Christ or being involved with something for the good of Christ isn't actually too much to ask. In fact, it makes total sense to me that this is in line with what our church needs to be doing to fulfill the spreading of the gospel. So is that a challenge? Yes. But is that exactly what God calls us to meet, our challenges? Yes, with our service. And so I want to encourage you. I want, to, I want you to ask that question. Is this something I could be involved in? I hope that you say yes. And I hope you do so because you recognize the service that this can be to the kingdom of God. We need new life groups formed. I'd love to have more life groups formed. I'd like to turn over the back of the bulletin and see twice as many as what we have listed, listed there. And I would like to think that the reason why so many are listed is because there are so many people involved in carrying on with that ministry. It's needed. I think it's needed by the kingdom of God. And we as his servants, I think, are called to answer that need. And then we need a team of care partners willing to connect with people. I've been thinking with this a lot with Chris that we, we have a database here that we use at the church that allows us to um, very easily enroll people in this, this um, ministry of contacting others who have needs. And a lot of times it's just relational, just ministering to them, just being open to make phone calls, just being willing maybe to, call, to go have coffee with somebody. And I'm hoping, we're hoping, that there will be people who will be involved with that ministry of just connecting with others Building relationship, and in the course of building relationship, expanding the kingdom. And sometimes it would be just ministering to those who hurt, but sometimes it would be ministering to people who really need to know Christ. Now, will that take some time? Will it be a challenge for you to be a care partner who would be willing to make some phone calls or willing to have some coffee with somebody, willing to take someone out to dinner or have them into your home and spend time with them? Well, yeah, that could be a challenge. But again, it seems to me like for us to answer the call of Jesus to servanthood in this way is exactly in line with what the New Testament calls us to be as Christians. So is it a challenge? Yes. But is it a challenge we should answer? Yes. And I think the ministry of Jesus, his own servanthood, calls that kind of servanthood out of us. Well, that's all I wanted to share this morning. It's really clear to me when I read the New Testament that Jesus calls us to service. We saw at the beginning, name after name after name after name after name of person who is involved in service and ministry. 
God has blessed us richly with those people who are willing to serve. There are still, however, some things to be done. And the only way that those things will be done is when the church stands up and says, we're going to get this done. And I pray, I hope, that that's exactly what will happen. That we will continue to make the kind of sacrifices of our lives that Jesus was called to. We parallel our lives after him and we become the kind of servants that Jesus is. And in the course of that, the kingdom expands and we really do fulfill the mission that God called us to. I think that's absolutely possible. God's spirit enables us to do that. I'm ready, Lord. Make it happen. Let's pray. God, thank you for the people that serve here. It's a rich blessing to be involved with a church family where so many willing people contribute their effort and their time and even their money to serve and honor you. And Father, I pray that you would continue to bless our efforts. Father, there are still things for us to do. There are ways in which we can expand your influence in our world. Father, I pray that you would open up the, the hearts, the minds, the lives of all of us so that we might contribute in service the kind of things that will bless and benefit your kingdom. Father, I believe that you've placed your spirit within us so that we can be the ones as made for works of service who carry that out. Give us strength to make that kind of decision that says, yes, I, I'm willing to make a sacrifice for the Lord Jesus and for the kingdom. Father, pray that you'd bless our work as we do. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.